It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Friday, so I'm glad you made it. Open phones all the way, as always is the case. So 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And you don't have to talk about what I'm talking about. You can change the subject, too. That's fine by me. Broadcasting from Cheyenne, Wyoming today at, I, <coughs> I guess, our studios at KGAB. reason I say that is, and there's a gallery that's up on the Wake Up Wyoming website Miss Mary is going to alert that out at some point after she gets done taking a look at it, too, because the studios here, there's five Town Square Media Studios in the building, which for those familiar with Cheyenne is the A&B Bank building in downtown. And a lot of that was just getting out of date and showing where it didn't tear because, you know, it's been here for a long time. Plus, technology has changed so much, so we had to start upgrading and updating everything that we were doing. So this entire facility at the it's on the third floor of the AMB bank building and it's being gutted so i'm here this morning in what used to be the studios of kgab there's not much left of it right now the ceiling above me is bare and there's sprinkler heads and wiring hanging down there's walls around me kinda the studio equipment's still here a lot of construction dust on it and as I walk down the hallway toward the other radio stations, there's framing for walls, but really no walls yet. Other studios for other stations, too. All of their wiring is exposed. This is fun to look at. So if you want to see what that looks like, again, there's a gallery on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning. It's where I'm broadcasting from what all of this looks like. All right, let's get on to – this is going to be weird, by the way. At some point, they tell me, the construction workers are still going to show up because it's not just these studios. There's some other offices on this floor, too. And so the whole floor is being gutted and redone. And so <clears throat> the construction workers show up and start working while I'm on the air. They've been asked to be as quiet as they can. But if you're in construction, you know that's not possible. So at some point this morning, you're going to hear work going on in the background while I'm here in what used to be a studio, and it used to be pretty much sort of soundproof in here. Not anymore. That's going to get interesting. I don't know when they show up. It's sometime this morning. Okay, let's get to the news part of this, and there's a lot happening in the state of Wyoming. From Cowboy State Daily, Governor Gordon allows that crossover voting bill to pass into law without his signature. Now, that's something governors can do. I remember Matt Mead did this on one particular bill. When a governor doesn't want to say no, but he really doesn't want to say yes and take a stand and wants to remain neutral about it for whatever political reason, so a governor just won't sign the bill. And if a governor doesn't sign a bill within a certain period of time, then it just becomes a law without his official signature and approval letting the governor off the hook. So here's the story. Governor Mark Gordon allowed one of the preeminent election bills for 2023, the story says, in the legislature to pass into law Thursday night, last night. The bill's been sitting on his desk for a few days. 
before he announced he would not sign it, thus allowing it to become law. He didn't veto it. He just didn't touch it. House Bill 103 moves the deadline to change party affiliation from primary election day to the day before candidates file from uh, for office political in Wyoming. They moved that back, I think, about 93 days. Gordon said Thursday night in a press release he had hoped to receive legislation that would strengthen the closed primary system because he believes people should only vote in the primary of their respective party, and he and I agree on that. A point also made during his State of the State address in 2022. Story says he expressed skepticism that the bill would prevent crossover voting in the future, saying the bill's effects may be more academic than real due to the fact that nearly 93% of Wyoming voters are Republican. Gordon also said no matter what, the bill's going to cause some confusion among voters in the next primary. So the bill adds uncertainty, he said, to the voting process. Uh, he says, I've de determined not to sign it. So it's not that he's opposed to this idea. He doesn't like the idea as it is presented in the bill. He said he secured a commitment from the bill's sponsor in Wheatland, uh, Jeremy Harrelton, Republican in Wheatland, to clarify the um, ambiguity of the bill before the 2022 primary election. So that would mean next legislative session, I guess they probably go and adjust this bill. Governor says the potential to deny participation in a major primary election is, well, it, it's limited in its circumstances. I said, I urge voters to learn about the changes before they decide what party they're going to be with for the 2024 ballot. I wonder, I'm just thinking out loud here. I don't know this. I'm just wondering, do you think... This would cause some independents, for example, to join the Republican Party. Some libertarians would just say, ah, oh, screw it, and just join the Republican Party. Would some Democrats do the same thing? I know they don't want to be Republican, but if most everybody is voting Republican, most everybody running is running as a Republican, do they just say, okay, fine, well, just, I'll just be a Republican. I, why don't I cross over back and forth? I don't know. We'll have to wait to see what happens. I'm going to bet there's just a little bit of an uptick in membership to the Republican Party for those people who don't want the hassle of having to jump back and forth now that it's so many days out. All right, so uh, Sheridan lobbyist Gil Simmons testified against House Bill 103 throughout the session, but offered amendments to the bill she thought made it palatable and maybe constitutional. Crossover voting, the story says, has been a major issue for conservatives in Wyoming for the past few years. Bills have been brought in an attempt to address the matter for the last five legislative sessions in a row. Gordon would likely have faced a massive pushback if he had vetoed the bill. Now, again, it doesn't sound like the governor is against the concept of it. Sometimes somebody votes against the bill not because they disagree with the concept of the bill, but because they don't like the that bill the way it was particularly written. Right. Um, let's see, there's part of the story here, new voter impacts. 
One representative believes, as currently written, the bill doesn't prevent new voters from registering after the midterm candidate filing period. That's what they worry about. Although she doesn't believe this is done purposely, she believes the bill's supporters were so concerned about Democrats and independent voters switching to their party affiliation, voting in the primary and switching back. The bill proponents did not consider what might happen to new voters. Quote, they've taken away the right, the ability for new voters to declare a party affiliation. As written, it is somewhat ambiguous as to how the legislation would change the law in regards to new voters. Uh, Harrison said the Wyoming County Clerks Association supports the bill. It is in the county clerks who are in charge of deciding which voters can register and how. She said the clerks plan to let new voters know as they register about party affiliation and jumping parties like that. So, okay, you get the idea. That is now officially a thing in the state of Wyoming because the governor chose not to sign it. And again, not that he disagreed with it. It's just a matter of he didn't like the way this was written, didn't think it really does what the proponents of the bill say it's going to do. We'll see as we get closer to the 2024 election. Today, not that bad weather-wise. If you're traveling be on I-25 from Cheyenne up to Wheatland, it is really windy on that stretch of road. Other than that, the rest of Wyoming, believe it or not, not bad today. Coming up on 616. Let's wake up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six nineteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Okay, so a couple of comments I'm getting here. First off, for those just joining me, I was talking about the passage of the Wyoming crossover bill which means you would have to stay, uh, I think it's 95 days, I'll go back and see exactly what the bill said. Uh, you couldn't just cross over vote the day of the primary elections to a different party like the Republican Party and cross back. So that's now law. Because the governor didn't sign it, and the governor can let a bill pass without his signature, possibly because of something he disapproves of. And in this case, as I did, John, you're saying you think maybe the governor is trying to play both sides? I don't think he is. I have to agree with him on this. I didn't think the crossover bill went far enough. Now, it's what they were able to get passed. They've been trying to pass this thing for about five years. They finally got it passed. Not as strong of a bill as the proponents of the bill really wanted, and that's what I think the governor is doing. He's looking at it going, yeah, okay, you know, I'll let it go. But it's not really as effective as it should be. Because even he said he's in favor of the idea of ending crossover voting. But does this bill really do it? And it, it's going to have to be looked at again, as far as I'm concerned. That's what I think the governor's doing. Jim in Cheyenne looked at the picture of me wearing the hard hat. So for those who don't know, I'm in Cheyenne, Wyoming today at the studios of KGAB, which is in downtown Cheyenne, up in the AMB Bank Building on Capitol. There's other studios in the building here, all part of Town Square Media. The entire third floor is being gutted and redone. So I'm in a construction zone right now. 
and what's left of the studio, because most of the studio has been gutted. I'm the only one up here on the third floor. There's probably nobody else in the entire building right now. Don't get any ideas. The building is locked and secured. You're not getting to me. So I took a picture. I had a picture taken of me standing in all the construction wearing a hard hat. So Jim, who's an electrician, Cunningham Electric, happy damn Friday, Glenn Double N, look pretty good with that hard hat. Were you wanting to be an electrician? No. You see, Jim, um, the, uh, the, the people here at the construction site understood right away that I should not be allowed to touch anything dealing with any kind of power tools or construction equipment. They knew better. I was allowed to wear the hard hat, but then again, there are people who want me wearing a helmet 24-7 for obvious reasons, and it has nothing to do with construction. All right, moving on. Another bill, the transgender sports ban bill heads to the governor's desk. So let's see what's going to happen here. Story again, Cowboy State Daily, a Wyoming bill banning biological males from girls' school sports. One step closer away from becoming law. And now would apply to girls' sports in public schools grades 7 through 12. So that one, if you want to read it, Senate File 133, received final approval from the state Senate Thursday after having both the pass the House and Senate. And the Senate's initial vote earlier in the session it now has to survive the governor's desk in order to become law. Don't know what the governor's going to do here. The version of the Senate, the bill they approved, would ban biological males, including transgenders, from competing in so boys who are now, you know, as girls, from competing in girls' sports in public schools, 7th through 12th grade. The House changed course on that topic twice, narrowly uh, narrowing the ban for all grades to just high school and those grades I mentioned. So Representative David Northrop, Republican Powell, argued during the House floor debate Wednesday that the ban should only apply to high school girls' sports. Um, sorry, yeah, should only apply. Northrop said girls mature quicker than boys in the middle school grades. He said, when I was in junior high... I was a stick, and needless to say, the girls could have whooped my butt anytime. Other House delegates gasped and said, ooh, well. House Speaker Representative Albert Summers, Republican Pinedale, did not chastise Northrop for the expletive because he, well, he said the word ass. He said, I'm glad I missed that. Anyway, Republican Landon Brown, Republican Cheyenne, also argued that the ban should only apply to high school, saying school is where championships and scholarships opportunities become vital. Females are going to be bigger than males when they're maybe in 7th and 8th grade, but Jeremy Harlson, Republican Wheatland, disputed this point, saying he was at his current height at age 13. You know, it just depends, really. As, I, as I'm looking at them arguing all of this, it just depends on genetics, what you're like, because we all developed a different age. It is true girls tend to shoot up earlier, and then at some point the boys pass them up. That's really what they're arguing about. All right. So Representative Trey Sherwood, Democrat Laramie, 
said families should value the opportunity for students across genders to play, have this experience. Sherwood said, young athletes still playing, whereas older athletes are competing. So, okay. And then it shows who voted for and against the whole thing in the story that I'm looking at here. So, all right. That goes to the governor's desk. Now, the question, of course, is going to be, so does the governor sign this or not? And Wyoming is not the only state that has passed something like this, but there's only a few states that have done so, so far. We'll see if other states do. But we've had the whole argument over the transgender thing in schools, and I think it's a good point. There were some girls in schools across America that were really upset. They worked hard in track, swimming, things like that. And we're doing well, getting scholarships, and then all of a sudden somebody shows up who biologically is much bigger and has much more stamina than they do. And all of a sudden is breaking all of the female records. And the reason why? Well, this person identified as a male just a little while ago now identifies as a female, and all of a sudden we're supposed to treat him like a her? Well, he's not going to compete the same way. That's just, and, and that's a big part of what they were discussing in the Wyoming House and Senate during that time, is that what happens biologically when a male, especially in the high school years, shoots up faster, becomes, he's bigger, he's got bigger lung capacity, he's stronger than, okay, in general, he's going to outpace a lot of these girls. This shit reminds me, there was, uh, I forget what year this was, a few years back, there was a woman who, she plays golf in the uh, women's PGA, the LPGA, and she was so good that she was outpacing, like Tiger Woods used to do, outpacing all of the women. So she thought it would be more of a challenge if she went and played golf in the men's league. So she tried to join the PGA, and they let her. However, despite even the fact that her husband said she was hitting the gym to put on some more muscle, she was out there every single day working really hard at it, she'd become the best she's ever become. And it, when, when she went out there to play against the men, she still couldn't drive the ball as far. Her short game was really good, but she still just couldn't compete with the men, and she had to go back to the women's league and just dominate that. And I think that, again, is a big part of the problem that we're facing here. So we'll see. Does that, that, that's the big question for me, is does the governor sign this? The debate in Wyoming on the floor of the House and Senate was an interesting one to hear, and there weren't really all that many people that were opposed to the bill as it was written. And it did seem interesting to me that they passed this bill doing 7th grade up through 12. Anything earlier than that, though, anything earlier than that, well, we can go ahead and compete cross. Jim and Glenrock, transgender sports ban bill. So there are two crossover bills in the news. I guess so. DJ and Gillette, I think the governor his, uh, self should come and explain his decision. Oh, you mean come on the program? I, and I guess you're talking about the crossover bill. We'll have him on the program at some point, uh, crossover voting bill, and we can ask him to explain that i'm sure he'll be happy to do so but it, what he was saying to in his interview with cowboy state daily i think i got a, a real good impression that he just didn't like the particular bill as written and thought it was ineffective 
Let's see. And uh, Jim and Casper thought you might want to be the next Tim Taylor. No, thank you. No, they don't. Again, they don't allow me tools. I'm surprised I'm able to do this show from a construction zone. Morning, Jude. Jude and Casper. Al Summers has thin skin. Hageman calls him out. And he whines. Too funny. Well, I'm sure, Jude, you'll call me later and explain all that to me. Coming up on 6.30. So local news coming your way. Right after local news, update on the weather forecast. You and I get back and do it again. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Let's wake up Wyoming. Here's on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. It's just between Cheyenne and heading on up to Wheatland, there's a lot of wind on the interstate right there. Other than that, not bad weather-wise. Don Day will be on, I say, at 6.45, he gives an extended update on his weather. 7.45 is when he comes on with me live. His voice sounds a lot better today. And he and I will give you the update for the not just the weekend, but the next few days, which is a lot of changes back and forth. I mean, it's nice day, garbage day, nice day, garbage day, back and forth it goes. One more from the Wyoming legislative process. Legisla- legislators are saying Governor Gordon traded private property rights for green energy programs. This has to do with eminent domain. Now, when it comes to eminent domain, the idea that the government can when it's for the public good, take private property. But now the trick is supposed to be they're supposed to buy the private property. In other words, show up and say, hey, we need that that piece of land that you own over there. Here's market value for it, and you have really no choice. You're going to take the money. It's their property now. But because it's something for like a highway or they're going to put up power lines or they're going to build a dam in the area, you have a ranch, let's say, and they decided to build a dam in the area. And, well, it's right where your ranch is. Well, they're, they're just going to buy you out. What's been in dispute over the years is when government shows up to offer the money, is that really market value? Because many times it's not. Sometimes government will come along and buy up someone's property, take it from them, whether they wanted to sell or not, because somebody else came along who wanted to build, let's say, a shopping mall, whatever the case is or put in a subdivision, and the city thinks, yeah, we'll get more taxes out of that, so they force someone to sell, which is not what eminent domain is supposed to be. All right, so here in the state of Wyoming, Wyoming House nearly overturned Governor Mark Gordon's veto this week on a bill that would have prevented independent wind farms from using eminent domain to build power lines across private land. Story says eminent domain is a law that forces landowners to sell or lease their land at market value, which is usually what's in dispute, that market value, for infrastructure projects including pipelines, canals, roads, when they're deemed in the public interest. The bill's sponsor, Alan Slagle, Republican Newcastle, told Cowboy State Daily he was disappointed with the governor's decision to veto the bill. He said, I really felt the governor traded Wyoming private property rights for federally subsidized green energy, wind energy programs that's owned by foreign companies. The House over voted to overturn the governor's veto, failed 38 to 24, a few votes shy of the two-thirds needed 
to pass would have would have overruled the governor's veto. So reinstating the ban, the slag became concerned about the use of the amendment or eminent domain for transmission lines when a foreign-owned independent power producer building a wind farm on state land began communicating with private property owners in Niobrara County that a transmission line would need to be built in support of the project. House Bill 106 would have reinstated a law that prohibited IPPs, which wind farms owned by private companies and not public utilities, from using eminent domain for the purposes of building transmission lines for these wind farms. So the bill would have applied to public utilities, which are regulated by Wyoming Public Service Commission. That commission considers the need for construction of those lines. So if Gordon had signed the bill, it would have extended the prohibition out to 2032, and then they would have had to discuss the whole thing all over again. So this legislator thought the vote to overturn the veto would have received more support, but some of the legislators he talked to who supported overturning the veto ended up voting against it on the House floor. Opponents of the bill testified in the House Agriculture, State, and Public Lands Committee, Water Resource Committee in January that the use of eminent domain is, so, is no simple process for a company that wants to proceed, and it is rarely used easements, transmission lines, again, pipelines for various things, not just natural gas or oil, but water pipelines, things like that. Supporters of the bill argued, even if it's not used, the threat of eminent domain hangs over the head of landowners and puts them in a position of agreeing to terms of a negotiation that are accepted only because it's easier than fighting eminent domain. So in other words, if you wanted to protect your property, now you're going to have to go to court. That's going to get expensive, really expensive. And a lot of people will just go ahead and give in rather than go to court. Representative Cyrus Weston, Republican Bighorn, among those who voted against overturning the governor's veto, he told Cowboy State Daily that the bill was a response to the companies developing the wind farm in Wyoming, according to the letter of the law. Quote, they haven't done anything wrong. They haven't broken any rules. So we're sending a message, if the veto is overturned, ultimately that we're anti-business, that we are not interested in having these companies invest in our state, he said. 6.42 is the time. Update your weekend weather. It's all over the place. Here's Don Day. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Stay weather forecast. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Coming up on 649, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go. To the, is he in the icebox? Frank, are you in the icebox today? No, I'm uh, here in um, Mary's um, boudoir. Oh, you're in with Mary. Okay, I got you. Okay, so you're in, in my studio. So I'm in the construction zone. Well, yeah. Is, is Have to show you the pictures at some point. It, I didn't even know that they were let people in the building. I, uh, yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering, too. I, <laughs> and they let me in the building without a hard hat while everybody else was wearing one. That kind of had me concerned. But so I I grabbed one and started using it for a while. But, yeah, this entire third floor up here, for those who don't know, I'm in the A&B Bank building downtown Cheyenne, Wyoming. 
doing the show, which is where Town Square Media Studios for a bunch of radio stations are. They've gutted the entire floor out, and it's all just framing right now and wires hanging, and I can see the water pipes if the sprinklers decide to come on for some reason. Hey, so. it's only been that way for four yeah. months, right? That not not a problem at all, and and from the looks of it, they're not even halfway done with all of it. Oh, no. At least, though, I'm here after they got rid of the asbestos, which was part oh. of what that was all about. Oh, oh, nice, yeah. nice. Did they did they save any? Yeah. You know, for the, to put it in a little bag of souvenirs. I, no, not really. I mean, maybe we can sell it. Okay, because I can score you some asbestos if you want some asbestos. <laughs> I can get that for you, Frank. Okay. I can, you know. But at some point, well, this is going to be funny. At some point, we might be doing a little break like this together, and you might hear some noise in the background. Because even though they've been asked to be quiet, which is not possible, the construction workers will still show up at some point and get to work here while I'm on the air. Well, that's, that's okay. Would that ambient noise means that uh, you know, you're, you're actually somewhere, you know? Kind of? Sure, it, it'll sound fine. It shouldn't be a problem at all. I asked if they could put, like, little padding at the end of their hammers and so on, you know, but uh, I, no. I don't think that's going to happen. So, And, you know, they don't frame walls with wood anymore. It's all metal framing. Oh, okay, yeah. So the studs yeah, are which metal. Which is louder. <laughs> nice. Yes, and they drill. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's go with sports. All right, in high school basketball, the 4A East Regional is in Casper for the boys from yesterday. Laramie over Sheridan, 55-41. to Cheyenne East beat Campbell County, 42-41. Thunder Basin over Cheyenne South, 67-25. And the Trona beat Cheyenne Central, 52-45. to So this is a double elimination tournament. So today, in, in, today, Sheridan and Campbell County in a loser-out game at 10.30 this morning. Cheyenne South versus Cheyenne Central at one thirty in a loser all game in the winners bracket. Laramie versus East at five. Then Thunder Basin will take on the Trona that will be at eight p.m. In the four A West Boys Regional, Star Valley beat Kelly Walsh fifty-seven to forty-six. So Kelly Walsh in a loser all game for the boys at Cody at one thirty this afternoon. In the four A East Regional for the girls yesterday, Thunder Basin over Cheyenne South sixty-eight to twelve. Cheyenne Central over Sheridan, 39-38. Laramie over Campbell County, 63-51. And Cheyenne East beating Natrona, 40-34. Uh, so, in this double elimination tournament, Cheyenne South and Sheridan in a loser-all game at 9 this morning. Campbell County versus Natrona at noon in another loser-all game. Thunder Basin will take on Cheyenne Central in the winner's bracket at 3.30. And Laramie versus Cheyenne East at 6.30. All of those games are at uh, Natrona County High School. And the 4A girls west from yesterday, the Kelly Walsh girls, a winner over Star Valley, 42-37. So KW will play Cody in a winner's bracket game at 4.30 this afternoon in Afton, and those regional tournaments will conclude tomorrow. The State 1A and 3A, the uh, the 3A East Regional for the boys, Wheatland over Glenrock, 38-24. So Glenrock will take on Newcastle in a loser-out game at 1.30 this afternoon. On the girls' side, Douglas beat Glenrock, 73-17. So the Herders will take on Torrington in a loser-out game at 9 this morning. The State 1A and 2A high school basketball tournament moves along today. In yesterday's quarterfinal round action for the 1A boys, Casey, uh, Cokeville a winner over Casey, Upton beat Farson, it was Burlington over um, Southeast, and Hewlett losing to Saratoga. So in the semifinals, this will be over at Casper College, Cokeville and Upton at 7.30, Burlington and Saratoga at 9. In the 1A girls bracket from yesterday, Upton beat Little Snake River, it was Cokeville over Rock River, Burlington defeated Arvada to Claremont and Southeast over encampment in the semifinal round. 
over at Casper College tonight. Upton and Cokeville at 4.30 and Burlington and Southeast at 6 p.m. In the 2A Boys Regional uh, quarter uh, first round for their uh, state tournament, it was Tongue River over Shoshone 83-54. Bighorn beat Grable. It was Pine Bluffs over Kemmerer and Wright, a loser to Wind River. In the semifinals also at the Event Center tonight, it'll be Bighorn against Tongue River at 7.30 and then Pine Bluffs against Wind River at 9. And in the 2A Girls bracket, it was Sundance over Kemmerer. It was Burns in a huge upset, beating defending champion Rocky Mountain 45-30. to Tongue River edge Wyoming Indian 72-70 and Lingle over Shoshone 50-29. to In the semifinal round at the Event Center, at the Ford Center for the girls, Sundance and Burns, that will be a 4:30, and Tongue River will take on Lingle Fort Laramie at 6. The championship games in the 1A, 2A state tournament will start at 3.30 tomorrow from the Ford Center in Casper. That's it in sports. When you say Lingle over Shoshone, those are two small towns. Yeah, you know, I mean, enrollments of these schools probably, in some cases, Glenn, less than 100. Yeah, yeah. So how do you... We're in the studio with... Seven oh six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Friday, and you made it. Weather-wise, mm, but not too bad out there. I mean, mm, but it isn't horrible out there. There's just some heavy winds between Cheyenne and Wheatland on the interstate. But now expect that to change up a lot during the weekend. Don Day is on with me. I know you just heard his forecast on your local station, but when you get to 7.45, he and I have a live conversation every single morning about what that weather is going to be. If you want to know where I am today, it is going to sound a little bit different, especially if the construction workers show up. I've been telling people all the first hour. Um, in Cheyenne, downtown Cheyenne, A&B Bank Building is where Town Square Media has several radio stations on the third floor of that building. And the entire floor is being gutted. <clears throat> yeah, all of it. And so this is a construction site right now as they're putting uh, new offices and new studios in. Oh, and they got rid of the asbestos from the old building. Oh, I'm glad they finally did that. So that's where I am right now. This is really different. I'm in an open construction zone. Bare walls, bare ceilings, wires hanging, stuff like that. Framing being done. And they don't frame with wood anymore. All the framing's metal. Those in construction know what I'm talking about. So that's where I am now. <clears throat> I suppose the electricians will arrive at some point. It's possible that while I'm on the air, you're going to start hearing work in the background. I don't know. We'll see. They, they were asked to be quiet. You can't do that in construction. But anyway. All right. So you can call in at any time. I always give you open phones during, during the show every single day. Friday, it's the entire show. So at any point, if there's something that's been burning a hole through your brain, get it out of your system. The show is therapy. And what's really scary is I am your therapist. So that means we are all screwed here. 888 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can just interrupt my train of thought. That's fine. Let's go to Portland real quick. First hour of the program, I handled a lot of Wyoming news as far as Wyoming, Wyoming state legislative process is concerned. I want to get out of state for this real quick. I saw a news story yesterday from a station in Portland, Oregon, and they were upset because there were two Walmarts closing on one side of Portland. 
And the big concern from the people who were doing the story at the television station, the news reporter, how are the people in these neighborhoods going to get food now? They're going to have to drive way out of their neighborhood, way across town. And Portland's a pretty big city. I mean, bigger than the entire population of the state of Wyoming, for that matter. So they're going to have to drive way over somewhere else to go get food and everything else they need. They don't have a Walmart in their community anymore. Well, talk about first world problems, right? Why was Walmart closing? And boy, isn't that just horrible that they would do that to this community? Well, let's take a look at why. Story headline says Portland's mayor turns down uh, Nike's request for help with theft. Walmart closing remaining stores in the city. Oh, so it's not just the one in that neighborhood, huh? The story says Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler has asked the company to reopen its shuttered community stores in northeast Portland on a limited basis anyway, even though he says the city can't meet the company's request for off-duty police officers, security, something. He said the Portland Police Department does not currently have the capacity to offer secondary employment or any private businesses for the city. The police bureau currently relies heavily on overtime to reach even minimum staffing levels. So just to remain even minimally staffed, they have to pay a lot of overtime. A significant personnel constraint persists, they say which is not driven by shortages of funding. They certainly have the money. That's a roundabout way of saying the city still hasn't nearly recovered from its brush with defund the police. This is what happens when you say you're going to defund the police. That, that stupid idea that the city embraced back in 2020, sending experienced officers out. They just said, forget it, and they left. Wheeler said in a letter that the Portland police would likely be able to commit to increasing patrols in the area. But what do you do with constant theft and problems? You've seen the kind of problems these major cities have when it comes to not just shoplifting. But, I mean, really, it's gotten bad as far as people just coming in in gangs, for that matter, picking up whatever they can and going. You've seen how that's happened, right? So, okay, what do you do? in the city of Portland when they can't keep the Walmart open any longer. It's just not worth it. Well, none of the retailers know what to do except maybe just close the store because it's too much of a liability. You're not just losing a ton of money. It's too much of a liability. In other words, the city, the officers, would like to arrest the thieves, but they don't have the resources to do it. Now, in a related story, Walmart confirmed this week that it's closing all remaining stores in Portland. So it started with just the two on that one side of town. Now they're closing everything in Portland. What do you do in today's modern society if you don't have a Walmart around? We're so used to, I know there's communities in Wyoming that well, we don't have Walmart in our community. Yeah, I get that, but most communities across the country, Walmart, Kmart, the big box stores, right? It, it is not so relatable to people who've grown up or lived for a long time in Wyoming towns that have limited resources as it is. Again, you look at your town and you think, well, we have a grocery store here. Now, you're talking major cities that are used to having stuff nearby. And so they call it, and it was actually called this in, in the report, one of the reporters was doing it in Portland, they said that this makes the area a food desert. In other words, what do people do for food? What do people do for resources? 
Well, now you're going to have to travel across town. Well, first off, if your city hadn't defunded the police, that wouldn't have been a problem. That's the first problem. Second is, what about all of these people in the community who think it's okay to steal? If you had a better moral compass in your community, you wouldn't have this problem. Okay, so theft is an issue. This is a quote from CNBC. Theft is, is an issue. It's higher than was hist historically has been. We've got safety measures, say the mayor, security measures. We put them in place as the local Walmart. Uh, local law enforcement being staffed with partners doing all they can. They've even tried private security. But um, they just can't. They just simply cannot keep up with this. So what do you do? Now, if we're looking at um, Walmart in this case, Walgreens has done this in other communities around the nation. Walgreens have backed out of communities saying, we just can't do this anymore. We just can't stay here. We can't stay in business. We're losing too much money. And it, opening a business like this is not a community service, as, as oftentimes the media portrays it as. Politicians re, you know, will portray it. It's a community service you're providing here. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is, but it isn't. It's a business. It's how these people make a living. And they can't stay in business and make a living if they're losing money at this rate. In order for a business to stay in business, they have to make money. And you can't do that if you can't have, well, you don't have enough police to protect the area. But again, let's just take a look at the moral compass of the community. We can certainly take a look at the moral compass of the elected officials in Portland, Oregon, their city council, their mayor. But what about the moral compass of the people who live there who think it's okay to steal? If you keep acting like that, these businesses have no choice but to close up and go somewhere else. And now what do you do? Well, sometimes, remember I said this way back when the best way to teach these lessons is just to let it happen. For those cities that said they were going to defund the police, my answer at the time was, you know, we'll let them. Let them do it. Let them. They're going to learn this lesson the hard way. Let's wake up, Wyoming. To wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888 97 Woods and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 7.20 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming, almost 7.21. You might hear, I don't know if you hear it yet, but there's hammering going on in the background, some banging going on. The <laughs> construction workers are here. This is going to get kind of interesting. Well, I'm literally, they've gutted the floor of this building here in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where the studios used to be, and different studios will be, again, same company, but everything's getting upgraded over here. So I'm, I'm basically in Cheyenne on some business and working in a construction site in order to do this program. That just People were saying to me yesterday, it's going to be really distracting for you, Glenn. No, it's going to be entertaining for me. You see, you roll with stuff like this. I like to see how things play out. Now, give me a moment. I'm going to answer some people, and then I'm going to tell you how I like things to play out. So I was talking about Portland. They're lose, they've lost two Walmarts. They're going to lose the rest of them. And that's just because crime continues to go up and the city idiotically defunded the police and they they don't have enough officers to cover just basic shifts. Even at a minimum, they're still paying lots of overtime. Officers are still leaving, not coming back. They're losing other stores besides Walmart, too. But that's that's they're destroying themselves. They're important. Ace and Casper. Now Portland people will have to steal a car to drive further 
to steal, uh, and that's a problem. Uh, yeah, you see, it, that's talking about first world problems. To be a thief in America, if you're in a major city and you're part of a gang, you're not going to have to steal a car and drive a lot farther in order to find something to rob. Where you used to be able to do it right there in your neighborhood, now you're going to have to rob all the way across town or go to the next town because you drove all of the businesses out of your town. And there are those people who get really upset with these big businesses. Why don't you care about the people? Well, yeah, we do care about the people, what the big businesses would say, but apparently they don't care about us. So that's why we have to leave. We can't stay in business this way. Ran in for danger. I don't even need to read the article to know why a business is leaving that uh, <clears throat> whole of portland yeah now i completely understand just not there's times that used to i've lived in some major cities and there's some that i really enjoyed loved and there's others i would never even go to anymore there's places i wanted to live i dreamed about oh wouldn't it be great to live in denver for example i won't live there now i used to look at san francisco and oh what a great place san francisco well it was i wouldn't do that anymore I, I just wouldn't. And and then when you get these uh, hardcore leftist city councils in, oh, dear God, I, it's not even worth it. It, it. The crime is bad enough. The filth is bad enough. The needles on the streets bad enough. The poop on the streets bad enough. Then you get into your city council defunding the police, the debt the city's in, the rules and regulations. It's not worth it anymore. Okay, so... Again, I don't know if you can hear it in the background. There's a whole lot of banging going on behind me. So why do I just kind of go with the flow here? Let me get into that for a minute. Because this, to me, is fun. Now, as you know, I wrote, I wrote a book called The Uncomplicated Life. And a lot of that is just how you choose to look at things. A little while ago, I was at a post office, and this was in Casper, Wyoming. And there was a long line, and I hate long lines. Normally, I just forget it. I'll come back when there's not a line. But I needed to get this thing mailed. And so I look over, and there's one, there's two registers open. One register only had one person in line. The other register had a long line of people. Now, the register with the long line of people had a smiling lady working there at the counter who was joking with everybody and getting everybody through really fast. I mean, she was fast. She was efficient. It was a pleasure to watch her work. So bubbly, you know, with her personality and smile on her face. And just fast and efficient. Everything was getting done. The other line is what I went to because I'm thinking, well, there's only one person in front of me. Why no one's over here. So I went into that line. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And I realized that the guy in front of me was as slow as a sloth. He was slow talking. He didn't focus much on what he was doing. Every time he went to push a button, his hand slowly moved to the next button. It was watching a sloth at work. Now, the line next to me, people were moving through really fast. I mean, just boom, boom, boom. That lady had them moving through. They were having a great time in that line. Lady in the line next to me leans over and says, Do you want to get in this line? That actually happened. That's a true story. And I thought about it a moment, and I leaned back with a smile and said, no, I want to see how this plays out. And so I stayed. I did this. I stayed in the slow line 
just because I had to experience this guy and watch this play out as it took forever. Finally, he got to me, and then it took forever to, for him to get through just the simple package I was trying to mail out. In the meantime, this lady next to him had cleared out probably about a dozen people while this guy just handled two. And I walked away with a smile on my face thinking, well, that was really interesting. See, sometimes, instead of getting annoyed at stuff like that, instead, just hang out. Because I know people would have gotten really mad. I don't know how to get mad at stuff like that. I want to see how this plays. And so I stayed there and watched just because it amuses me. That's why when I'm sitting here in these studio, this studio, which is the KGAB studio, which used to be really nice, but they're upgrading everything. There's a whole bunch of radio stations that Town Square Media has in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and this whole floor is getting upgraded. Everything was looking kind of sad and tired, and the equipment was getting out of date, so it's all upgraded, right? And they had to get the asbestos out of the building at the same time. So it's all getting gutted and rebuilt. They've re- they got an architect in here to redesign everything. I mean, it's going to look it's just going to look great. But they're mid-phase construction right now. So I had to come to Cheyenne on business, fine. That means this morning I have to broadcast live from here. Cool. Kind of like doing that. But I'm the only person as far as an employee of the company right now. Everybody else is a construction worker and they're just now arriving on scene. And you know what construction workers sound like. So far, though, luckily, no construction worker language. You know what I mean. There's not a whole lot I can do about that. So here I am sitting in a construction site with pretty much bare walls around me and a lot of construction dust. And workers down the hallway are hammering away on metal. So why doesn't it bother me? Because yesterday I was being told, oh, we're sorry, Glenn, this is really going to be bothersome and distracting to you. And I just smiled and said, no, I don't think it is. I want to see how this plays out. This is the kind of stuff that just makes my life really interesting. So I just want to see how this plays out. So, again, I don't know, Miss Mary, let me know. Can you even hear this over the microphone? Because where I'm sitting, it's really getting loud, and it keeps getting louder as they keep banging on metal literally around me. So I'm wondering how much is getting over the microphone. As they get closer, I know you're definitely going to hear it. Oh, yeah, I can hear it. (laughs) See, this to me, Mary, is just what makes this job so interesting. So, yeah, a lot of times the the kind of microphone I'm using, it, it can only pick up what's right in front of it. I did, I'm not aware of what kind of background noise, but you can hear that loud and clear. Oh, yeah, so can I. This is going to be fun. All right, we're coming up on some local news we have to take care of right after local news. It's going to be your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wyoming from boring morning radio. That man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio.
7.36 the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. <clears throat> okay, so the hammering on the metal has calmed down for the moment. But when you're in that news and information break, it was really loud. For those just joining me, literally I'm broadcasting from a construction site. I'll explain it again a little bit later. This one is going to bother you. That's okay. Let it bother you. Controversial school board member endorses curriculum that would remove Islamic terror from 9-11 history lessons. Fairfax, Virginia. A school board member recommended curriculum materials for teachers to use in her lesson plans, which oppose using terms such as radical Islam terror, Islamic terrorists, jihadists, when discussing history of the September 11th attacks, well, I'd like to know what would you call them then? Maybe she has an idea. Her name, Abarar Omesh, probably butchering that, is a school board member. I wonder if she'll be a school board member much longer. We'll see. And Georgetown Law student who has become marred in controversy over a series of statements. For one instance, she refused to vote on a motion to commemorate 9-11 victims. Fox News Digital found that in 2021, she recommended public school teachers use culturally responsive curriculum guides to talk about 9-11. It said, do not frame the lesson as a chance to explore the definition of terrorism or a clash of two different cultures. Oh, okay. So I'm gathering by that that she doesn't see what happened on 9-11 as terrorism. You remember, some of you might remember this. After 9-11, the United Nations wanted to condemn terrorism. And it took them a number of years. I mean, I have to look it up again. But quite a few years to define what exactly is terrorism. All right, so she said, uh, there's no disagreement about what terrorism means. I think that there is for someone like her. It's often used in a biased manner. The guide continues, and she said, teachers should screen themselves for bias against Arab Muslims using online tests before educating students about 9-11 to create a, here we go, safe space for teachers and students. Yeah, so she wants to go ahead and revamp how these kids learn about 9-11 in what she calls a culturally responsive way. Doug, our man in Cheyenne, has been covering the Wyoming legislative process. He's up next. Then we have Don Day with a live conversation about your weather forecast for the weekend and next week. And then Frank Gambino and I will talk about sports. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97 Woods. that pretty darn quick 
and yeah, I just use the audio connection for that. You know how to do that. And he should be able to. And what Don's going to tell you about, folks, is the weather forecast for the area is really, I uh, just talk about a pot of stew that is disturbed because there's so much going on. Don, are you there? I am. Oh, there he is. Okay. Miss Mary was having some trouble connecting with him. Well, we got you today. So, okay, let me try to picture for people exactly what the weather's like because I've been watching it. I'm with you here in Cheyenne today. And I'm looking out the window of our studios, the KGAB, and it has changed so much just within the past few minutes. It reminds me of stirring a pot of stew and watching everything swirl. Yeah, and there are a lot of swirls around. And these swirls are these small little waves coming off the West Coast, and they're coming through about every other day. And, you know, yesterday we had a gap. We were, you know, pretty decent day, really. Um, but... We've got another one of these waves coming through, so the wind picks up, the mountains get snow. We're going to see snow showers today, especially in the central and the north. Now, nothing to write home about, but enough to make roads and highways slick. We have another little break tomorrow. Then another one of these comes in on Sunday. So, you know, like we say in radio, the hits just keep coming. These little waves are going to continue right on into the next week. Okay, now let's talk about next week because I still see the models you're showing and I hear the hesitation. Definitely we're getting the cold, right? That's happening. Huh? I think I might have lost him. You still there? I'm still here. Okay, I was asking. So next week the cold definitely happens, right? Yeah. We're going to a lot of very cold air kind of slowly ooze in between Monday and Thursday of next week. So we're going to be looking at highs, mainly just 20s and low 30s. And as we talked yesterday, our average highs this time of year start to get to be in the mid to upper 40s. So it's going to be cold. And we're probably looking at some snow, especially for the central, the northeast and the southeast. Uh, as early as Sunday night into Monday and kind of off and on through Wednesday. So there's a lot of winter weather on the table, especially with the cold. Uh, as we've been discussing, changeable conditions, so stay tuned. But there's certainly a lot of winter, not a lot of spring. Okay. Yeah, and it sounds like when it comes to the snow part, you're not quite sure about how much we might get. No, too far out, but I certainly see accumulating snows uh, early to mid next week, especially in the eastern half of the state. Enough. Right. I call it shovel worthy. You know, will yeah. it be uh, <laughs> tons and tons of snow, but enough to, to have to move around? All right. Thank you, Don. Have a good week. And off we go to Frank Gambino, who's sitting by waiting for sports. <clears throat> so, Frank, the construction workers are here. Yeah, will you ask them for a free nail or something you like know, that? You know, I should do that. And they were hammering a while ago. I asked Miss Mary. They're hammered already? It's not you... even 7.30 in the morning. No, it's not. You know, and uh, well, you got to hand it to these guys getting up so early and getting to work like this. What got me was, you know, as I said, they don't frame anymore with wood. They frame with metal frame. Okay. So these guys are hammering on metal. And so, so it I sounds like me, ding, ding, yeah, ding, Oh, no, ding, no, ding. we're just, I mean, imagine dong, some dong, big, dong. yeah, piece of tin, and someone's got a hammer, and they're banging on tin right outside the door. That's literally what's happening. So I asked Ms. Mary, can you hear it over this microphone? She went, oh, yeah. So it's not, you and I are used to working in studios that are, well, based, I like to tell people I sit in a padded room and I talk to myself. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what we do. 
so it's it's kind of fun to sit here on the air doing this program with even though I got the door closed it doesn't mean anything because there's no ceiling. I can look up and see the bare ceiling and over the top into the next room. Did you find anybody's ex-wife? Not yet, no. But I'm sure at some point I'll find some kind of bones or evidence of some past crime or, or, somewhere. Or, or some varmints or something? What I'm worried about is, you know how construction workers talk? Oh, it's it's a it's a it's an, a unique language. Dialect. Yes, it is a unique language. So um, I think Miss Mary should keep her hand by the dump button at all times because <laughs> <laughs> we just don't know what's coming. These guys are carrying on a conversation while they're working over there. I don't know what they're talking oh, yeah, about, man. but we know at some point someone's going to go ahead and you know like bang their finger or drop something on their foot or something like that, and Dad, it's going to fly. It's- yeah, yeah, sure. Dagnab it. We'll go with that. Yeah. All right. Let's go with sports. All right. In high school basketball, the 4A East Regional is in Casper and the Trona County High School. And uh, yesterday for the boys, Laramie beat Sheridan 55-41. Cheyenne East over Campbell County 42-41. Thunder Basin, a big winner over Cheyenne South 67-25. And the Trona beat Cheyenne Central uh, 52-45. This is a double elimination tournament. So in a loser out game today, Sheridan versus Campbell County at 10-30. Cheyenne South versus Cheyenne Central at 1.30. In the winner's bracket, Laramie will take on Cheyenne East at 5, and Thunder Basin will take on the Trona at 8 o'clock. The 4A West Regional is in Afton. The Kelly Walsh boys lost to Star Valley yesterday, 57-46. So that puts KW in a loser out game at, against Cody at 1.30 this afternoon. The 4A East Regional for the girls, uh, first in yesterday's first opening round, Thunder Basin over Cheyenne South, 68-12. Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne, uh, Cheyenne Central over Sheridan, 39-38. Laramie beat in the, uh, Campbell County, 63-51. And Cheyenne East over Natrona, 40-34. So in two loser out games today in the 4A East Regional for the ladies. Cheyenne South versus Sheridan at 9. Campbell County versus Natrona at noon in the winner's bracket. Thunder Basin will take on Cheyenne Central at 3.30 and Laramie will meet Cheyenne East at 6.30. That 4A West Regional in Afton. The Kelly Walsh girls defeated Star Valley 42-37. So KW in a winner's bracket game against Cody at 4.30 this afternoon over at Star Valley High School. The 3A East Regional is in Torrington. The Glenrock boys lost to Wheatland 38-34, so they will play Newcastle in a loser-out game at 1.30. The, New- the Glenrock girls lost to Douglas 73-17, to so Glenrock will play Torrington at 9 this morning in a loser-out game. The State 1A and 2A High School Basketball Tournament moves along today in Casper. In the quarterfinal round for 1A boys, it was Cokeville over KC. Upton defeated Farson Eden. Burlington beat Southeast and Saratoga over Hewlett. In the semifinal round at the event center at 7.30, Cokeville against Upton. Then at 9 o'clock, Burlington will take on Saratoga. In the 1A girls bracket yesterday, Upton over Little Snake River. Cokeville beat Rock River. Burlington over Arveda Claremont and Southeast over Encampment. In the semifinal round at the uh, Ford Center, Upton and Cokeville at excuse me, at the at Casper College, excuse me. Uh, they won a games at Casper College today. Upton and Cokeville at 4.30 and Burlington at Southeast at 6 p.m. The two Two-way games will be at the Ford Center. In yesterday's action, from the quarterfinal round for the boys in 2A, Tongue River over, over Shoshone, Bighorn beat Grable, Pine, uh, Pine Bluffs over Kimmer, and Wright losing to Wind River. So in the semifinal round, over at the Ford Center at 7.30, Tongue River and Bighorn, the neighbors over there will meet in one semifinal game, and Pine Bluffs and Wind River at 9 o'clock will meet in the other. In the 2A girls, first round from yesterday, Sundance beat Kimmer, number, uh, Burns at number 4 seed, upset the defense 
defending champions Rocky Mountain 45 to 30. Uh, Tongue River over Wyoming Indian by two, and then Lingo Beach Shoshone. So in the semifinal round at the Ford Center this afternoon at 4:30, Sundance against Burns, and then Tongue River will take on Lingo Fort Laramie. The championship games will start tomorrow at the Ford Center, beginning at 3:30. And you will be watching all of this. You don't have far to go. No, I'm just going to go right up the hill and hang out and eat muffins and watch basketball. They have muffins? Yeah. That's in that break room they supplied for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's well, well done by the uh, the proud to host the best committee. Oh, all right. Well, it's good that they have you all taken care of. The Epistles Kits and the Cats. Hi, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be talking to you this morning. Kitten and Cats is a high-energy, fun romp through the music of the 50s and early 60s. Um, We've got everything from Sam Cooke, Elvis, the Beatles, uh, everything. Um, And, you know, we kind of try to bring back some, some memories and have the audience dancing and laughing and hopefully having a great time. Okay. So if you're going to get the audience dancing, then you're not talking rows of seats where everybody's sitting in, right? (laughs) Well, people are sitting, I'm sure, but they'll be twisting by the end. Oh, okay, good. As long as they have room to move around (laughs) in, that's fine. The whole point, I guess, is to bring back memories, or for those people, my producer's age, Miss Mary, to show them what they missed. That's right. But I think, uh, you know, the, the point of the show is that, you know, everybody has that music that, that makes them feel young and alive. And, you know, this music still does that for me. And it wasn't necessarily from my time, but um, it's just, it's, you know, music is universal. And uh, hopefully they'll leave with, with new wonderful memories. Okay. So how does a show like this mm-hmm. get put together? What was the inspiration? Well, you know, I grew up. Um, my dad had an amazing 45 collection. Um, in fact, he gifted us one Christmas a jukebox, which was my favorite Christmas present ever. And, you know, I just grew up listening to his music. And when I, you know, was thinking about a next show that I wanted to create, um, I was really just kept going back to that music. And so I kind of created it as a love letter to my parents. Um, and what I did was I went in and I interviewed, uh, groups of basically their friends, my, my family's friends, my aunt's friends, and just listened to all their, their stories from growing up in that time period and the, you know, their favorite songs and, um, situations they got in and, and kind of tied it all together, um, as a kind of a present to them. Um, so it was, it was a lot of. You know, fun, hearing a lot of fun stories. We incorporate some of those stories in the show. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm proud of it. I, and, oh. and they love it. <laughs> Where do you find the performers to help you out with this? Well, um, I've got uh, two of the gentlemen that are going to be with me um, this, this time. are uh, One is actually based in New York. Um, he's doing the the musical theater off-Broadway, Broadway thing there. His name is Travis Leland. Um, he's an amazing performer. And then I've also got Todd Honeycutt with me. He has performed from everyone from Elton John. He's been on, um, like, every soundtrack you could think of, He's he's been a session singer for that. 
um, and he's based in Los Angeles. Um, my musical director, John Rodby, who I've worked with forever and ever, has worked with everyone. He's, he was a musical director for the Dinah Shore show. He was musical director for Al Martino, um, Bonnie Francis. He's, he's just, he knows everybody. Well, <laughs> yeah, and when you say Dinah Shore, wow, Dinah Shore, yeah. that goes back a ways. Yeah, he was on her when she had her talk show in the 70s. He was yeah. her musical director there. And so being, doing that, he got to work with everyone and, and um, arrange for everyone coming through that show, too. Okay. So he brings a wealth of, you know, knowledge and talent to the, to the game, and he's just the best. So to get everybody to the event, where do they have to be when? The show is going to be 7.30 p.m. at the Highland Park Community Church in Casper on March 6th. Okay. This can they Monday. get, um, mm -hmm. I suppose they can go to the church for tickets and so on. Anything online they can go ahead and look up or watch? Yeah, they can go to artcorewy.com um, for the tickets and all the information and the links to everything. And, Yeah. Okay. And can I give a shout out? I'm going to get to actually see a friend while I'm there. She lives oh, in yeah. Glen Rock, and her name is Brandy. Hi, Brandy. <laughs> okay, Brandy from <laughs> Glen Rock. Well, that's not very far to go to come on up and have a good time. All right. So everybody, go to the and it's it is on Monday Highlands Park Community Church in Casper, Wyoming. Monday, March sixth. It starts at seven thirty p.m. Of course, get there before that. You can probably buy tickets right there on site. But again. Artcorewy.com is where you can go find tickets for mm -hmm. all of this. And how long does the program go until everybody drops? Yep, yeah, dance marathon. No, just kidding. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 your normal show. We've got a, it's a two act show, um, and you know I would love it if people dressed up too. We we always love to see people dressed up in their in their saddle shoes and their little skirts or their jeans or their, you know, go-go outfits. Um, it's, you know, the the more fun you can bring to it, the better, because um, we, we, we will have a little bit of audience participation. So. All right. Thank oh. you for mm -hmm. coming on this morning. It sounds like a great time. Thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate it. 8.13 <laughs> is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Let me go real quick to answer some of these questions that I have, because I'm in a construction zone. I've been saying this all morning long, but to me, I'm just... I'm rolling with it. This is good times. Uh, <clears throat> they're redoing, I'm here in Cheyenne, Wyoming, at the studios in downtown Cheyenne of, well, Town Square Media, KGAB Studios, but there's other stations as part of Town Square Media. They had to get rid of asbestos in the building and gut the place. And, and they're updating all of the equipment and so on while they're doing it. So while I'm here... The studio is gutted. It's no longer a soundproof booth. There's construction workers all over the place. And at some point, one, a couple of them stuck there during a commercial break, stuck their head in the door of the studio here and asked the question, are we being too noisy? Because they know I'm here and I'm trying to do this radio program. But they're working with, they're framing in metal. So they're hammering on metal. And I said, you know, it just that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, if you guys have to make some noise, go ahead. But here, Jim and Casper, are you insinuating we have a potty mouth? Yes, Jim, they're construction workers. I told you the only thing I asked them not to do, please just don't cuss. Talk in a normal tone of voice. Go ahead and use whatever equipment. It's all going to be background noise. That's just the fun of it. Just don't cuss. Bunny and Cheyenne, any high school construction workers? 
We hear where they don't want to work. Actually, most of the workers that I see would be, let's say, late 20s, maybe in their 30s. That's mostly what I see working around me right now. Uh, sister dear, it sounds like uh, you have drummers in the background, but it doesn't seem too loud to me. Well, okay. Upgraded equipment. See, this is Kevin in Wheatland. The upgraded equipment, does that mean the computer will stop playing two tracks simultaneously? Uh, we hope that they continue to play two tracks simultaneously, but at least they play them in sync. How about that? Well, that's just going to be my morning. 8.15. Let's wake up Wyoming. This morning, Trent... Glenn Woods, did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. So media in general was doing to us as they tried to suppress what they thought was false information or misinformation, right? But then we have to wonder about fact-checking the fact-checkers and how good are the fact-checkers with their facts. For example, I played you something earlier in the week. It was a congressional testimony. There was a congresswoman asking a lady who works for TikTok, are you a doctor? And she said, well, no, any medical training at all. No. Ever work for a pharmaceutical company, anything like that? But no. Okay, but here you are on TikTok, and you're censoring people who are, well, Harvard University doctors and professors who are doing studies regarding COVID. This same lady on TikTok censored the CDC, the federal government, when they said something that she thought that she disagreed with, so she made sure they were not heard. She was one of the fact-checkers out there. Then how often the fact-checkers turned out to be wrong. Now, just recently, we got more information that, in fact, COVID came from a lab in Wuhan, China. More and more, and not everybody agrees on this, but more information is coming out about this. And it's interesting to see those fact-checkers who used to suppress that information, how many of them are still holding on to that idea? Even though information is coming out that should change their story and make them rethink. Here's one story I have in front of me. Credibility crisis is the headline. Media fact-checkers were eager to debunk COVID lab leak theory. Now they're having to issue corrections. By the way, National Public Radio is not issuing any kind of a correction. But all right. The fact-checking industry, the story says, helped mislead Americans by dismissing the COVID lab leak theory in 2020 as, well, that, that was just conspiracy theory, right? The theory that COVID originated from a lab leak at Wuhan Institute of Biology has now been embraced by the FBI director. And a bombshell report recently by the U.S. Department of Energy and Services and believes that it also was leaked from there. Back in March 21, 2020, today, 
published a fact check titled, Did the Coronavirus Originate from a Chinese Lab? Which they confidently stated the lab leak was false information. That was published by right-leaning outlets. It also called the notion of COVID being a lab conspiracy and anyone who was pushing that idea, well, they just weren't credible. Quote, and this is what they said at the time. There is no evidence to suggest the virus was created in a Chinese laboratory. USA Today told readers at the time, we rate this claim as false, and they put false in all capital letters, based on our research, they said. Overwhelming scientific evidence suggests the coronavirus originated in nature. There's no evidence to suggest otherwise. A year later, USA Today forced to issue corrections, changing its headline, coronavirus, not man-made or engineered, its origins remain unclear. So they backed off a little bit. Quote, this fact check has been revised based upon updated reports since it was first published in March 2020. The rating on the claim has been changed to partly false. Okay, USA Today is one of those who at least is making some kind of a connection. Snopes, another somewhat news agency, which calls itself the, infinite, uh, the Internet's definitive fact-checking source. Firmly declared April 1st, April Fool's Day, 2020, that the infectious of COVID is a natural thing, not bioengineering. Saying that as bioengineering is conspiracy theory. Now, that's Snopes. They claim to be the ultimate authority on fact-checking on the Internet. Now, Snopes backing off on that. Quote, an increasingly resilient class of coronavirus rumors, they said at the time. Novel coronavirus causes, you know, COVID-19 was created in a lab. This post addresses the origins of these rumors and exposes the falsehood and scientific realities undermining the claims that it didn't come from nature. Okay, well, Snopes determined lately that the infectious disease, in fact, did come from Wuhan, China. They backed off on that. Now, remember, these were the fact-checkers at the time who told us at the time that there's no way this was made in a lab, and these same fact-checkers were the ones that were embraced by Facebook, by YouTube, by Google, by Twitter. Quote, for examples... It is factual to state that the Chinese government hid, downplayed, and misrepresented to its citizens and the world the threat posed by coronavirus. It is speculative, however, to assert that U.S. Senator Tom Cotton did the, uh, these actions uh, to leak, to, to cover up a lab leak. Bottom line, Snopes is backing off and saying, well, like USA Today and other news outlets are doing. Liberal outlet Vox, they dove into fact-checking in April 2020 when it was a published report why the scientists still doubt that the coronavirus leaked from a Chinese lab. The article criticized the Trump administration for seeking new ways to blame China. Quote, five scientists I interviewed, some of whom worked extensively in China, with researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Biology, say the pandemic can't logically be pinned on them in their lab, 
But again, now Vox, all this time later, backing off and going, well, but then again, now some of these people have stepped up and admitted that they've made a mistake. Some have partly backed off. There's a few news outlets out there, well, if you can call them news outlets or fact checkers, that are still hanging on to the old story. But one after the next, the legs of the stools being knocked out from under sooner or later. They're going to have to admit it sooner or later if they want to in any way remain credible. Well, not like they ever were credible, but okay. Uh, see, an editor's note was added May 2021. Since this piece was originally published in April 2020, scientific consensus has shifted. Okay, there's, there's one of the problems they have. This is why I brought up the climate change thing earlier when I started talking about this at the beginning of this segment. Well, the consensus of the scientists, uh, there's no such thing as consensus among scientists. That's not what science does. But even then, if the majority of scientists agree, that doesn't mean that they're right. So you always have to question. That's what science is. It's questioning. Okay, so the consensus of scientists have shifted, they say. Now some experts say the lab leak theory warrants investigation. So you see them stepping back a little bit more. Let's see, CNN didn't issue updates until March 1st. Yesterday, was it? PolitiFact. Yeah, same thing with polit and PolitiFact. Yeah, they put fact in there. Most alarming fact checks of September 16, 2020. To cover up lab leak theory, PolitiFact scolded Tucker Carlson tonight because Tucker Carlson was saying it came from a lab in Wuhan, China. And here is PolitiFact saying, well, Tucker Carlson, full of it, conspiracy theory. And now they have to admit, I have a long list here. See, PolitiFact issued an embarrassing editor's note. When this fact check was first published September 2020, the sources included researchers who asserted the virus could not have been manipulated. But now, so you see, that's the short list of so-called fact checkers that at the time were being considered the authority on where COVID came from. And that's what drove a lot of the censorship that many of you had to put up with when you got on social media to express your opinion and your posts were either de-emphasized or deleted or just flagged, well, where are we now? Those are the fact checkers for you. And you wonder why I have trust issues. Coming up on 8.30, news time, weather forecast, wake up Wyoming. Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Eight thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, phone number to get involved is open phones triple eight ninety-seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. One last thing is I was talking fact checkers in the last segment, and I went through a short list of fact checkers when it came to COVID, and these were not just major news organizations, but even websites that claim to be fact check websites, and we are the authority on the internet of fact checking. And also was the same people used for fact checking for Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Google and et cetera, et cetera, the list goes on. And also your government used these same sources for fact checking 
And it turned out that a lot of what they were saying was conspiracy theory turned out to be true. A lot of what they were saying was true turned out to be just garbage. And so what do you do with the fact checkers now, right? That reminded me of there's a gentleman I talked about earlier this week. Reuters news reporter. Now, he was a believer in human-caused catastrophic climate change. And that's what he was hired to do to cover that as a story. And at first, that's exactly what he did dutifully until he began going to actual scientists in the climate field and asking them what they really think. And it turns out, well, now he had to change his mind. And so he wrote a real story, a real story about how scientists, 97% of scientists, don't think what you're told they think. And he tried to publish that in Reuters. He had to quit because they won't publish the story. Ronnie is in Cheyenne about fact-checking. Hello, Ronnie. Ronnie, you there? Yeah, I am. Okay, what you got for me? Okay, I wanted. I was listening to you talk about fact-checking and stuff, right? Right. How about fact-checking the Nordstrom bomber, Biden? <laughs> Seymour Hirsch just published. He's a famous, famous journalist who really is meticulous about his, you know, sources and stuff. Um, he's saying president, the president, the CIA, and the military did the Nordstrom pipeline explosion. That's yeah. I've been that watching that story with what gets me about that story is you notice it just keeps changing which what's supposed to be the truth about that story it keeps changing. So what is the truth about it? It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Nevertheless, oh. I I'm, I'm proud to be American. I love the United States. I served in the military. Hey, but this this warmongering has to stop. Yeah. Right? It's off. And I mean, right. think of all the people who are dying because of of United States interest, the neo, the neocons. This mm -hmm. war is all about them. I would hate to see. Have you guys seen Zelensky on the on the, the clips there saying that American, um, your sons and daughters must die for Ukraine? Also, oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, no, I haven't heard that one. I haven't seen that one. No, it's awful. Okay, I mean Colonel yeah. uh, Douglas McGregor is on YouTube uh, trying to warn everybody. Come on, we got to get to our senses here. Yeah. People need to, the only ones that can stop this war is the United States. Well, all right. Anyway, you don't think that uh, you don't think that I Russia runs out of people first? No, I you know I, I, I hate to say it. I think we're on the wrong side of history here. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm not a like I said, I'm not a communist or a lover or nothing like that. But yeah. they aren't the same people from the '90s and the early you know decades. Uh, this is a changing world. You know, I had a bad dream. Mm -hmm. The richest country in the world is going to become the poorest. I hate to see this country ever having to pay reparations because we went bankrupt to China or whoever we owe. Who, where do they keep borrowing this money? Who keeps giving them this money? That's yeah. stupid. Right. Well, one of the dumbest the things that we're doing is borrowing money from China and other countries, and even from ourselves, basically, just uh, making it a... We have a printing press in Washington, D.C., and we're borrowing from the feds, mostly borrowing from future generations that eventually bankrupts this country. So that's one of the reasons why, Ronnie, I'm in favor of what we used to be in this country, which was the smallest possible government we could get away with, because you see what happens when you let them get out of control. Yeah, we need to mind our own business. Listen, I, I know everyone out there has... Yeah, Wyoming is a great place, and so is the United States. 
I hate to. I have grandchildren who are teenagers now. Mm. I hate to even think that my children, my grandchildren, and others of all races and ethnicity, I don't care who, ends up over there conscripted right. to fight for craps that we, that doesn't even that they don't even know about. Right. So that's my thought for the day. All Thanks, right, Glenn. Thank you, Ronnie. So you can do what Ronnie just did. He just wanted to vent, and you can too, whether you agree with him or not. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. And I'm not going to pick apart every little thing that he had to say because he talked about a lot of different subjects on that. But okay, uh, what I started all of this was just fact checking the fact checkers, and how can you're told and in, in you sometimes who post on social media or just uh, sometimes even talk with your friends and family are given a hard time for believing some things that, well, that's just not credible. That's just, you're just a conspiracy theory. Okay. I have known, and I, I do know currently some whacked out conspiracy theorists that believe some pretty nutball things. They do exist. And a lot of what they believe is just, I'm sorry, it's just strange as strange as they are. It, it's just weird. Yet, Having said that, what about fact-checking your own government? What about fact-checking your own media? Because oftentimes the drivel you get from your own media is as bad as you get from your government. That gets, I've had people ask me this before. So who can you trust? Where do you go for actual information? Tough to do. It really is tough to do. The hard part is not just believing something that you want to believe because, well, it's what you want to believe. Something, this is, I think, one of the most difficult things for human beings. We were all raised, whoever raised us, however we were raised, believing certain things to be true. And it is difficult later in life when you find out that something that you really believe and hold on to is just not true that everything you've ever been told or many of the things you've ever been told are just simply not true. It gets difficult then for you to change your mind about that. That's why you hear me bringing up alternate information about so many different topics because there is not just one narrative. So often people who claim to be authorities turn out to be not authorities at all. In fact, some of the biggest fools that I've ever met are people who are in the media and in government who think that they know it all and they simply don't. I much more trust the person who's skeptical. That's probably the best way to go. Someone who understands that I don't know it all, that I think I understand what's happening around me, but I need to be skeptical about it because sometimes we get new information and we find out that not everything that we've thought is true or the way, not everything is the way that we see it, that we perceive it. That does happen. It happens to everybody. The people that I trust the most are not the so-called experts, because the so-called experts are often proven wrong. But the people that I trust most are those who say, well, I think this is what happens. I believe this is what's happening, but I'm always looking for new information just in case what I believe to be true is wrong, and I'm willing to change my mind. Those are the people I listen to more than anyone who claims to be an authority. Just a few minutes ago, Frank Gambino with sports. 8.45 is the time. Let's wake up Wyoming. Well, I know you don't need Wyoming mobile app. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
848 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Frank Campion is with me. We're going to talk sports in just a moment. Uh, Frank, I'm going to give us both a quiz, and we're both going to flunk, okay? Is Frank there? I'm ready to go. There he is. Okay. We're both going to flunk this. Uh, I have the uh, lineup now for the next Cheyenne Frontier Days for all of the bands. All righty. I saw that they had... um, Five Finger Death Punch is going to be there. Oh, let's see. Now, here we go. Old Dominion. Ever heard of them? Yes. And I can't remember. Didn't they bail on something? They were supposed to be in Casper, and then they... I think they, so, they, yeah. They, 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 then they canceled out at the last minute or something I like do that. recognize the name. I can't think of any tune. Yeah, they bailed on a, on a Casper concert. Okay. Casey Rice. No. Chase Rice. I'm sorry. It's not Casey. Chase Rice. I still don't know. No. Zach Bryan. Oh, yeah. He's big time. He is okay. Yeah, yeah. I well, that you see, I flunked that one because I went who, but he's big time. Big time. Okay, now this one we both know. Tim McGraw. Big big time. Yeah. Okay, that's huge. Who does? Yeah. Okay. Who does? Even if you're not into country, music, if Faith McGraw. Hill shows up, that's big, 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 big time. Yeah. Okay. Kip Moore. Don't know. Big. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. 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 So you know these people more than I do. Then okay. John Party. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Carly Pierce. Nope. Okay. Cody Johnson. I've heard of the name, and I think he was not, I think he had been right, right around in central Wyoming also not too long right. ago. Uh, Whiskey Myers. They're, I don't spo- know they're that. supposed to be at the, at the Ford Center like next month. Okay, and they, I love that name, Whiskey Myers. That's a great name. Yeah. I don't know where they got that from. It, it, it works. It's a great name. Okay. Now, the story here says not all of the bands are country, however. One of the world's most popular is what you were talking about, heavy metal bands, Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, Again. They're, they're they're not metal, but you know, I they were they were at the Ford Center too, and you know they they got some jams. And then okay. Papa, Papa Roach is playing with them. He, he's kind of I'm, I'm not sure if he's like a Kid Rock knockoff or something. I'm okay. not I'm not exactly okay, wait a second. sure. Okay, I'm liking these names. So first off, there's Five Finger Death Punch. That's yeah. just cool. Yeah. Okay. Papa Roach? Papa Roach is going to play with Five Finger Death Punch, yeah. Okay. Do you wonder sometimes when they come up with names for bands, if they just go ahead, or, or even a singer, you know, they just go ahead and put up like a dart board with all sorts of words on it and just throw darts until something, you know. If you had a dart board with all sorts of weird words on it, and the first dart hit Papa and the second one hit Roach. Yeah, I, I think some of these band names are, are, are achieved through a narcotic clarity. Yeah, I like the one for Led Zeppelin. Yeah. When they were trying to figure out a name for the band, somebody said, well, this band's going to go over like a Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they had it. Yeah, Let's go see. with sports. All righty. In high school basketball, that 4A East Regional started yesterday in Casper for the boys. Laramie over Sheridan, 55-41. Cheyenne East got by Campbell County, 42-41. Thunder Basin over Cheyenne South, 67-25. And the Trona County beat Cheyenne Central, 52-245. So in the loser out games today, Sheridan against Campbell County at 10.30, Cheyenne South against Cheyenne Central at 1.30, so this is a double elimination tournament in the winner's bracket, Laramie versus Cheyenne East at 5, and Thunder Basin will take on the Trone at 8 p.m. The 4A West Regional is in Afton. The Kelly Walsh boys did lose yesterday.
yesterday to Star Valley in the opening round. 57-46, they'll play Cody in a loser-out game at 1.30. The 4A East Regional for the girls had in the Trona from yesterday. Thunder Basin over Cheyenne South, 68-12. Central Beach Sheridan, 39-38. Laramie over Campbell County, 63-51. Cheyenne East got by in the Trona, 40-34. So in loser-out games today, South and Sheridan at 9. Campbell County in the Trona at noon. Thunder Basin and Central in a winner's game at 3.30. Laramie versus Cheyenne East at 6.30 in a winner's game. In the 4A West, a regional for the ladies, Kelly Walsh defeated Star Valley 42-37. So Kelly Walsh in a winner's bracket game against Cody at 4.30 this afternoon. In the 3A East Regional in Torrington, the Glenrock boys lost to Wheatland 38-34. They'll play Newcastle in a loser-out game at 1.30. In the 3A East girls, it was Douglas over Glenrock 73-17. So Glenrock will take on Torrington at 9 this morning. State 1A and 2A high school basketball tournament to kicked off yesterday in Casper. In 1A boys, it was Cokeville over KC. Upton beat Forest and Eden. Burlington over Southeast. And Saratoga beat Hewlett. In the semifinal round over at Casper College, it'll be Cokeville and Upton at 7.30. And Burlington and Saratoga at 9. In the 1A girls bracket from yesterday, Upton over Little Snake River. Cokeville beat Rock River. It was Burlington over Arveda Claremont and Southeast over Encampment. The girls semifinals also at Casper College. Upton and Cokeville at 4.30. Burlington at Southeast at 6 p.m. In the 2A boys bracket from yesterday, Tongue River over Shoshone, Bighorn over Grable. It was Pine Bluffs defeating Kemmer, and Wind River defeated Wright. So in the semifinals this tonight at the uh, Ford Center at 7.30, Tongue River and Bighorn. Those neighbors will fight it off again. And it'll be Pine Bluffs and Wind River at 9. So 7.30 and 9 for the boys semifinals. In the first round for the 2A girls, it was Sundance over Kemmer, 38-28. Burns upset Rocky Mountain, 45-40. Burns, uh, Rocky Mountain was the defending champions. Tongue River over Wyoming Indian and Lingo Beach Shoshone. The semifinals for the two for the two A girls at the Ford Center. Sundance and Burns at four thirty, and Tongue River versus Lingo Fort Laramie at six. Cookville and Rock River, also two very small towns. Very small um, towns. Yeah, among all of the places that you've mentioned, you've mentioned some really tiny towns. But boy, they get some kids together and get out there and do it. Well, huh? they're, they're most a lot of them are, are are rural kids. I mean, they they yeah. live miles and miles away off the road. So, in other words, when they go to, like, Rock River, that's going into a big town well, compared it, to where they well, go. if they come to Casper, it's like going oh, it's to New York City. City. Yeah, big oh, time. When I, when I first somewhere came out this way, someone told me that Rapid City was a big city, and I laughed at them. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. That's right. Thank you, Frank. Nine oh six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenwood. Joining me, it is a Friday, and I'm glad you made it. Open phones all the way. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine, I'll just roll with the whole thing. Some things I started this morning at six o'clock with. I want to go over again for those people that are just joining me. One, Governor Gordon has allowed the crossover voting bill to pass but without his signature. Now, the way this works is we were trying to limit crossover voting during the primaries because each party is trying to select their candidate for the general election. Now, this is where I've said before, if you live in an area that, let's say you're a Democrat or an independent and you know even a libertarian, and nobody for your party is running, Constitution Party, 
Nobody from your party is running in that county. Well, don't blame the Republicans. In some counties, only Republicans are running in that county. So people will think, well, yeah, but so that means the real election happens during the primary. Well, don't blame the Republicans for that. Your party is supposed to show up with candidates for the general election. If they didn't, well, so to keep people from meddling in other parties' affairs, crossover voting bill. Now, the way this was working as far as the legislation goes, it, it, it was watered down in some cases, changed a lot. When it finally got to the governor's desk, according to what the governor has said in an interview, it's not that he disagrees with the crossover voting bill. He would like to see the same thing that I just mentioned. Don't meddle in another party's affairs. You know, Whatever party you're a member of, that's who you vote for in the primary. Don't meddle in another party's affairs. But he didn't, the governor didn't think that the bill goes, well, really would be effective or goes far enough. There's a time period before you can cross over or that past which you can't cross over vote. Don't go past that time period or you won't be allowed to anyway is the way the bill reads. Right? Governor thought the bill should have been worded differently in order to be effective. Maybe the date changed to make it even before then in order to be an effective bill. So the governor has asked the people who put the bill together to maybe revisit it in the next legislative session, but this will do for now. So by not signing it, it passes. Here's how it works in Wyoming. A governor can sign a bill, therefore it is law, or he can veto the bill, and the House and Senate have to get together and have enough people vote to override the governor's veto, if it's still to pass, or it is vetoed, it's done. Or the governor can just say, well, and decide not to sign the bill, but let it go. In which case, that's what Governor Gordon did. He just decided to let the bill go as is, even though he doesn't think it's strong enough. All right, so there's where you are. We do have a crossover voting bill. Governor doesn't think it's as effective as it needs to be. Let me see the next one here. Uh, there's a concealed carry permit thing, EPA regulations. We, we got some uh, interesting pieces of legislation that have passed through, including the transgender sports ban is heading to the governor's desk. Now, the way they did this, if and they're only doing it from 7th grade until 12th grade. The debate had to do with when kids are younger than that, usually the girls sprout up first. This is how they debated it. Usually the girls sprout up first, and the girls are overpowering the boys in many cases. And then by the time you get to eighth grade, boys catch up and pass. And boy, do they catch up and pass. And that's when it becomes unfair to have the girls and the boys competing on the same teams because boys are now overpowering girls. By between 8th grade and 12th grade, when you're in the high school level, okay, and then beyond that for adults. So the way they worded the bill is, as far as anyone who decides to identify, let's say a young man decides to identify as a young lady, well, if he's between 8th grade and 12th grade, he still has to compete with the boys. 
he cannot compete with the ladies. They consider by then puberty is hit, things have taken over. You know, it, he's going to overpower the girls. He's going to dominate. So, no. Now, that's what's passed the Wyoming House and Senate. Based on the debate, and I just sort of gave you an idea of how that debate went. You get the idea, right? All right. So, now it goes to the governor. What's going to be interesting to see is, what does the governor do with that? Does he sign this? Does he also just let it pass? Not sure. Don't know where the governor stands on this particular one. Going to have to wait and see. Another one, some legislators are outraged. The governor has agreed when it comes to eminent domain and wind farms. Now, for those who don't know, eminent domain is if the government wants to put a road through, build a dam, a pipeline for oil or water, whatever, put up power lines. They can come in and say, we're going to give you, and it's supposed to be fair market value for your property. So here's the money for your property. We're going to build that here. Now the government owns your property, and whatever they want to put through, they will. Again, roads, bridges, whatever. And so when it came to wind farms, especially power lines, things like that, the governor wants to allow that in the state of Wyoming. And some say you're giving into private property rights. Now, eminent domain has always been a big argument when it comes to private property rights. The biggest problem I've ever had with it was when a local, let's say a city government, a developer will come in and want to put in a mall or a subdivision, and there's already people living there, but the city thinks, yeah, but they build this sucker, we're really going to get a lot of tax money out of it. That's going to be worth a lot. So they force people to sell so the big developer can come in. That went all the way to the Supreme Court, by the way. Eminent domain has been a long-time fight in America because it's supposed to be eminent domain for the public good. Well, when it comes to just getting more taxpayer money, that may not be the public good. We'll see how it plays out here in the state of Wyoming when either a wind farm wants to come in or someone wants to. We've already dealt with it with pipelines and power lines. And some of these wind farms, once they're constructed, they want to put in power lines to get out or whatever utilities to get in. And they might have to cross somebody's property. And that's where the state wants to come in and purchase the land and give it to the power company so they can go ahead and build that infrastructure. So that's what that's all about. Those are just some of the things that passed in the Wyoming House and Senate that the governor, governor either signed into law, hasn't signed yet, or has just decided to let pass without his signature. We'll see what happens next because there's a lot to settle in what's left of the legislative session coming up on 915. It's Wake Up Wyoming. 888-97 Woods or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 920 is the time it's Wake Up Wyoming. I'm sorry, Miss Mary. Usually this thing bings at me. Miss Mary sends me a note and I hear ding and I can turn and go, oh, look, it's uh, John from Torrington. Is John still there? I hear somebody. Yes. Johnny, you are with me. Yes, I'm, I'm okay. I am here. Sorry about that, so, Wade John. Go ahead. So I wanted to comment on the uh 
transgender athletics situation. Um, that this is terrible because now it puts the governor in a really tough spot, and this didn't have to happen. When when you when we talk about the rhinos and this and that, this is a case in point of when we talk about rhinos and and what they can do. One of the principal arguments that I heard when they tried to dilute this bill down, I guess that's the best way I can put it, is that it affected high school kids because that's when scholarships become available. So you have got to be kidding me. We can't stand up for something that's on a principal basis. We have to fall back on, well, this could could affect scholarships. Um, I, I, I think this is disgusting. Okay. Well, they did pass it anyway. Now, they said 7th grade through 12th grade. Is that not enough? Would you have gone back further? Uh, Yeah, period. K through 12. Okay. I I, I don't understand what this big problem is. I mean, (laughs) this is pretty cut and dry of what a male is and what a female is. All right. We, We seem to think in Wyoming, well, we live in Wyoming, we're immune from this. And... It came to the point where it went to the legislature and to make a stand, and we can't make a stand on it. Right. I, 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 I don't know. I just things never cease to amaze me. I guess. All right. Well, it I, to me, you know, we're often called the most conservative state, and I often take a look at our Wyoming House and Senate and the way they do vote on things, and I think, well, most conservative-ish state. It's not entirely cut and dry on that. Yeah, well, Ish is right because yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I and I don't know what the governor's going to do. I, I, I think he's now kind of between a rock and a hard spot because okay. uh, you veto it and then we've got nothing. You, you let it, you let it pass, um, and really, it's kind of wishy washy. Okay, so all know. right. Just Thanks a, for hanging on, John. I appreciate you waiting through that whole break. I appreciate that. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. I have no idea if the governor will sign that or not. I, I really don't. I, I haven't heard anything from the governor one way or the other. Although, uh, so what do you think about what John? He's in Torrington. Had to say. So would you have just done K through twelve, and just said, look, boys and girls sports, we just split them up. We do, and I know this is not exactly the same thing, but we do the same thing in the state of Wyoming when it comes to separation in the bathrooms at schools, or for that matter, after gym when people go uh, shower and get ready to go back to classroom, the locker room situation, we separate them then. And even when some other states were trying to change that, and they were they wanted gender neutral and so on and, or whatever you identify with Wyoming never went that way now in this case in the state of Wyoming again they decided boys and girls can compete when they're much younger because there's not that much of a difference until said the state legislator you get from 7th grade to 12th grade when there's big changes going on and suddenly there is a big difference especially when it comes to the physical prowess of most young men at that age. And so the boys and girls simply cannot compete against each other. It's not a fair competition is the argument there. So, again, do you agree with that or what what our caller just said? From 7th grade to 12th grade, or would you have gone K through 12 on that? We'll have to wait to see what the governor does, whether he's going to sign it or not. Again, 888-97-WOODS, the phone numbers. 
Uh, real quick, I'm going to step outside of the state of Wyoming unless you guys want to go back to that. Office of Congressional Ethics. Googly eyes Ocasio-Cortez may have accepted impermissible gifts. Remember that gala dance that she went some kind of a ball and she wore a white dress and on the back of it in big red letters it said tax the rich. Remember that? The story here says, quote, you can't make this stuff up. Attendees at the Met Gala, how much do tickets go for on that? Wearing a dress that cost a fortune, the, de- the, the dress was extremely expensive that she was wearing, with tax the rich on the back. Big woke message, right? How much did the dress cost? Well, was that a gift? That tax the rich dress in September, soon after a watchdog group, a watchdog group filed an ethics complaint. At the time, Metropolitan Museum of Art is where they had that. A ticket to that event is expensive, and so was that dress. December 2022, the House Ethics Committee announced it was investigating the issue. At the time, a spokesperson for Googly eyes, Ocasio-Cortez, said they were confident it would be dismissed. Quote, the congresswoman has always taken ethics incredibly seriously. Sure she has. Refusing any donations from lobbyists or corporations or other special interests. We're confident that matter will be dismissed. I'd like to know. I've asked this question before. I'd like to know. How much is she worth now? When she first came onto the scene, Googly Eyes was a bartender with a big college loan debt that she had to pay back. Now she's a congresswoman. She does make a congresswoman's salary. Okay. But beyond that, what else is she making? How much is she worth now? I bet you that's something that we can go ahead and look up. We can Google Googly Eyes and find out, on the record anyway, how much she's worth. Because it is, you're not supposed to accept gifts of any kind. She, at the time, would not have been able to afford the tickets to that event. So how did she get the tickets? At the time, she had not made enough money to afford that dress. So where did she get the dress? If she was accepting gifts like this, that could be an ethics violation. Okay. Story says Representative Ocasio-Cortez told uh, people asking, you know, reporters and so on, while she would pay for the above-described services with her profession, uh, personal funds, again, she didn't have that money at the time, campaign staffer was tasked with making the actual payments. A discussion in more detail, well, while services rendered and so on, Representative Cortez neglected to pay for these services, even though she said she was going to, Thus, the dispute after all of this. So, Representative Cortez had her hair... Oh, I hadn't even thought about this. Had her hair done by a stylist, someone who was extremely expensive. Let's see. Then, after the stylist, there's uh, staffers, okay, who provided the bills for this. And the bill and services... Oh, the stylist was not paid for quite some time. And then finally, they had to file a complaint, and finally the stylus was paid. But who paid the stylus? Where did the money actually come from to pay for that? Interesting. 
total invoice for this night out. Let me see. For the stylist, the invoice was $344. Wow, really? Just to get your hair done? Well, remember, Bill Clinton had a $200 haircut. Well, I guess. Of course, I'm looking at a hairstyle in this picture here with the dress on it. I'm thinking the hair style, it doesn't look all that impressive. It's basically just pulled back in a ponytail there, nice and tight against her head. That's $344. All right, coming up on some local news that we have to take care of. We're right at the local news update on your weather forecast. Phone lines open, 888-97-WOODS. i got a couple of stories to, to finish with. But you can always interrupt me. Smalls in Casper says K through 12. That's what he wants to say. Let's wake up, Wyoming. If you do. But the idea the is wake up, Wyoming app. In Free download for Apple was, and Android. Okay, this so is K2 Radio. Seventh grade through twelfth grade is about when boys start to really pick up and pass girls. Before seventh grade, eh? You can have boys and girls competing in the same sports, and there's not that much difference. But after that, boys start to change like the girls do. And the boys, they get much bigger. And, boy, their physical prowess will overshadow what the girls can do. So let's not having a boy who now says, well, I'm a girl. Well, he still has to compete with the boys because biologically he's still a boy. So that's where he has to be. And that's what the state of Wyoming has passed. Now we'll see if the governor signs it. So, let's see. In Carpenter, Wyoming, and I'm going to edit what you said, but basically he wants to send the bill back, have the governor veto it and send it back, just so we can finally get the Wyoming House and Senate actually debating what is a boy, what is a girl. I, I edited that. Did I do that right? Because I, he, Well, he was passionate, and I can't use that language on the air. Jim in Laramie. What about college sports? Have I missed something in the transgender sports in college? Well, they were specifically debating in the Wyoming House and Senate just public school, as in you know high school, middle school, elementary school. That's all they were doing. They were not handling, at that time, college sports like University of Wyoming or any of the community colleges. Maybe they'll do that at a different time. Uh, N.J. Cat in Mills, Governor Gordon not signing a crossover voting bill proves how he was elected. I have a staff member who is a Democrat and brags about registering as a Republican to vote for the weakest Republican. Yeah, okay. Um, again, I, the, what the governor said, though, about not signing that bill is he wants to end crossover voting, but he doesn't think this particular bill really does it. So he let it go, but talked to the people who wrote the bill and said, let's do a do-over, basically, in 2024. That's essentially what he wants to do, is a do-over in 2024. So maybe we can take the bill that has now passed without the governor's signature and strengthen it to do what the governor actually wants it to do, because his, what he said he wants is to end crossover voting. Again, just doesn't think that this bill particularly does it. Oh, it would be interesting to go back to what Jim and Laramie said. So will the state of Wyoming tackle uh, the whole issue of transgenders switching you know, in sports? Will they debate that for college, as in University of Wyoming 
community colleges in Wyoming, and that deals with other states too. You realize, I just, I just thought about this. It's not just dealing with it within the state of Wyoming, because when you're dealing with Wyoming high school sports, you're talking about, uh, let's say, a Laramie, Wyoming, competing against a Rock Springs, Wyoming school. Okay, so you're competing against schools within the state of Wyoming. But if you start to handle sports on the college level, now you're dealing with sports with teams outside, with other states. So if Wyoming were to pass a law and say the University of Wyoming is not allowed to let a young man that identifies as a young woman compete. Let's say we're talking tennis. Fine. A young man who says, well, I identify as a woman, so I'm going to play on the women's tennis team for the University of Wyoming. Well, they're only going to compete against schools outside of the state of Wyoming. That would mean that someone who is uh, transgendered, let's say from the state of Alabama, and he wants to play women's tennis against the state of Wyoming team, then University of Wyoming team, then what does the University of Wyoming do? You, see, you can see that that's going to be a, a tougher issue because we're dealing with other states. So I'm not saying don't deal with it. I'm just saying you understand they're going to have to deal with other states and whatever they've passed. So now we're into a whole different kind of a debate. That would be an interesting one to have because that means that Wyoming and the University of Wyoming would have to say, I'm sorry, we can't compete against that team or that person because it opens up a whole nother argument here, which would be interesting to get into. So we'll see, does the Wyoming legislators as House and Senate ever deal with that or do they just let that one go? But they have dealt with Wyoming public schools, which is a much easier issue to deal with. That one's well done all except for the governor's signature. And again, we're just going to have to wait to see what the governor's going to do. 9.42 is the time to wake up Wyoming. Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. We're going to talk to Frank Gambino, who sounds like he's out there on location. Where are you at, Frank? Oh, I had him there for a minute. Here I am. There you are. Where are you at right now? Well, I'm at the Ford Center because we're back to basketball again. Now it's the 2A tournament, and right now our first girls game in the Constellation Round, Rocky Mountains up there in Collie, Wyoming, uh, beating Kemmerer 19-7 in the third okay. quarter. So now you have in the background basketball going on at the Ford Center. I have in the background construction going on. So wow, this, this is quite well, a show today. I mean, just well, it is theater of the mind, isn't it? That's what radio is. That's what I thought, you know. Oh, so good. I've got the horn and the PA guy and the fans and the basketball, and you've got um, yeah, nails and hammers. And, and tell stuff. your guys the same thing I told my guys. Do whatever you want. It sounds great on the radio, just no cussing. Exactly. Good luck uh, with that. All we, right. we, we, have, we have a high school girls game. They're not cussing either, so we're good. Oh, okay. So I have something here I need your help with because this is really messing up my uh, feng shui. I'm looking at an actual picture of a building. It's a 20-story building. All right. 
I'm looking at the thin side, so the windows are just two rows of windows going 20 stories up. You with me so far? Okay. The yep. architect thought it would be clever if the two rows of windows, none of them exactly lined up with each other. So they had, they're, they're off by inches 20 times? Left, right, and yes. Yeah, left, wow. right, and not even evenly spaced between each other up and down. <laughs> and when I look at this, it is just, I'm sorry, Frank, it is just completely messing with my mind. It's painful to look at something like that. Is he still there? Oh, I might have lost Frank for just a minute. So the architect that put together something like that probably thought, okay, this is going to really be clever. I have to give him this, Frank. It's an attention getter. If he wanted to get attention, oh, I lost Frank for sure. If I wanted to get his attention, or he wanted to get our attention, he definitely got our attention on that one. Anybody walking by that building would look up and go, ow, because at that point their brain hurts just looking at something like that. But everybody knows that the building's there. Now, I wonder how many people are mad at the architect. For those people who are OCD, that building is going to mess with your OCD. Uh, it, it'll give them nightmares for the rest of their lives. I, it kind of does me, yeah. I wonder how many people looked up at the building and just started screaming and cussing because of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's painful to some people's brains, Frank. I know. They went to therapy and they didn't need to go. No, okay, this is going to, okay, well, what you want to do is if you want to get someone who is overly OCD, and, well, look at it this way, have you seen the picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, where the picture is tilted to the side, so the tower is straight up and down, but if you put the tower, <laughs> you, you've seen one, That's, this messes with people in the same way, okay, 951, go with sports. All right, 4 East Boys High School basketball from yesterday on the boys' side in Casper, Laramie over Sheridan. It was Cheyenne East defeating Campbell County. Thunder Basin beat Cheyenne South and Matrona over Cheyenne Central on the boys' side. So today in that regional and two loser out games, Sheridan versus Campbell County, South and Central. In the winner's bracket, Laramie versus Cheyenne East at 5, Thunder Basin versus Matrona at 8 p.m. On the boys' side, the Kelly, uh, the Kelly Walsh boys in that 4A West regional lost to Star Valley, so they will play Cody in a loser out game this afternoon. In the 4A East Girls Regional yesterday, uh, it, it Thunder Basin beat Cheyenne South, Cheyenne Central over Sheridan, Laramie over Campbell County, and Cheyenne East beat Natrona. In a loser out game uh, this morning, going out right now, South and Sheridan, followed by Campbell County and Natrona at noon. In the winner's bracket, Thunder Basin and Central at 3.30. Laramie will take on Cheyenne East at 6.30 in that 4A West Regional in Athens. The Kelly Walls girls defeated Star Valley yesterday, so they will play in a winner's bracket game against Cody at 4.30 this afternoon. In the 3A Boys East Regional, the Glenrock guys lost to Wheatland 38-34, so they'll play Newcastle at 1.30 in a loser out game. And the Glenrock girls lost to Douglas Big, so the Glenrock Ladies, they are playing Torrington right now in a loser-out game. The state 1A and 2A high school basketball tournament uh, moving along today at the Ford Center and at Casper College. In yesterday, the semifinal round for uh, the 1A uh, girl, 1A boys at 7.30 at the college will be Cokeville against Upton, and Burlington will take on Saratoga at 9 in the semifinals. In the, in the 1A girls semifinal round, Upton will take on Cokeville at 4.30 this afternoon over at Casper College, and Burlington will take on Southeast at that other semifinal. That will be at 6 p.m. And the 2A boys semifinals, Tongue River and Bighorn at 7.30 tonight at the Ford Center here 
That should be a real interesting game. Another interesting game will be the other semifinal at 9 p.m. Pine Bluffs will take on Wind River. Also at the Ford Center, the 2A girls semifinals will have Sundance and Burns at 4.30. And then Tongue River will take on Lingo Fort Laramie at 6 p.m. The finals for the State 1A and 2A basketball tournament will start at 3.30 here at the Ford Center. There's plenty of basketball, plus there's indoor track in Gillette today and tomorrow in the State Alpine Team Championships today and tomorrow in Jackson. So there's a lot going on. And you're going to be there... Today, tomorrow? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And is it over so, so you write it up on Sunday? Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll be in the office on Sunday. You know, I, you normally come back in the town. We visit for a little bit, you know. Yep. I mean, well, I have no Yeah, that's, that's when I go and grab food and stock up the refrigerator for next week. So, all right. So you got a full weekend. I hope you get a day off during some of this. Well, yeah, maybe sometime. I'll, I'll yeah. let you know. How about that? How about if you actually had a job where you worked for a living, it wouldn't matter? Well, that's true, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sitting front row at, at a high school basketball game, and they're paying me. Yeah, and you get free snacks from the green room. Oh, yeah. Can't beat that. Hey, Frank, have a great weekend. You talk to you later. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that, update on your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming.